Hello and welcome to the Pitch Cider podcast. We're having a bit of a rebrand of this podcast uh, to be able to make better content for you, the listener. Going forward, we'll not be covering F1 anymore and focusing fully on football. Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to streamline what we're saying and what we're discussing. So unfortunately for the F1 fans, you're going to find a new podcast. But on the good news, it's going to be all football from now on. And we're going to branch out into more European leagues and world football. So there's a lot more to come in the future. So stay tuned for that. So coming up on this episode, we'll be covering the latest news and games from Europe's biggest leagues and the Copa del Rey. I'll be your host, Joe, and I'll be joined by our co-host, Toby. Hello, mate. Hello. Should we move straight on to the Premier League? So we've had a full round of fixtures this weekend. We started off with Arsenal, 1-3-1 at Manchester United. Leicester Aston Villa ended 0-0. Man City was 5-1 against Watford. Norwich and Newcastle, Newcastle won 3-0. Tottenham and Brentford ended in a 0-0. Brighton and Southampton ended in a thrilling 2-0. Burnley and Wolves, Burnley won 1-0, giving hope to their survival. Chelsea got a last-minute winner against West Ham. And Liverpool won the Merseyside derby with a 2-0 victory. Good round of fixtures, I think, actually. Um, Some good results for teams and not so good results for other teams yeah absolutely yeah absolutely uh so early on the week there's some previous premier league games but we'll discuss these ones that happened on this weekend so yeah in terms of the title race and what's happening at the moment it was a good victory for arsenal against united again united in terrible form couldn't turn around their, their defeat against liverpool early in the week and a bit of a bit of a domination from arsenal united were pretty poor throughout um, a lot of players just, you know, not performing well. But above all, the attitude was terrible once again. I think you, I think you need to clarify here. It's the battle for fourth place, not the battle for the Premier League title. Is that what I said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not Premier League title. Yeah, top four indeed. At the moment, it's like who who doesn't want to get top four? And United are well, actually winning that. That's the only thing they will win this year. The, this battle for uh, fourth place is uh, swinging between different teams, especially Tottenham and Arsenal, who's going to become favourite because you wouldn't, after this week, Arsenal, you would back them to get the top four because they are, well, when they're currently sitting in top four. Mm. But last weekend, it would have been Tottenham. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can pretty much rule out United at this point. They've, they're, they basically, the other team's got a game in hand above them. So it would be a massive shock if United do get top four. So I don't know. I would never, at this stage, put money on United getting top four looks like Arsenal and Tottenham are the, the main contenders. I know Arsenal and Tottenham play each other on the 12th of May, so that could really decide who gets top four. That'll be a really good game to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, just to going back to the title fight that you mentioned, Liverpool, Man City, they're, both, they're playing a bit of cat and mouse because one goes on top and then the other goes on top um, Indeed, with yeah. their games. I think City are now on top with their uh, 5-1. Against Watford, so if it continues both winning, City will win the title. But you know, you never know if the team will drop points. It's unlikely in the form they are in, both of them actually. Uh, it was a very convincing win against Watford, although Watford are you know down or out, they're not going to really bring much of a competition to, to City, especially at the Etihad. Great game by Gabriel Jesus, who at the moment is rumored to leave City. Haaland is rumored to be joining uh, in the summer for, I believe his release clause is about £60 million. 
But who knows now? If he can perform like this day in, day out, hate uh, Gabriel Jesus, then surely Pep will want him to stay. But we know Jesus. Um, he's not really consistent. It's no, really nice no, he I... might go to Arsenal as well. Yeah, I saw that because I, I don't know if I mentioned, I haven't mentioned it on this podcast, but I don't know if I mentioned to you outside of this that I didn't really back um, Gabriel Jesus's goal scoring record because mm. he hasn't he hasn't really got that. And he's just gone and banged four against Watford and some of them are really good goals, actually. Like yeah. very clinical. So who knows what he could do at a different club. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we established that Pep doesn't believe in Jesus. He's not a Christian. Um, but... Yeah, who knows? Who knows what the future holds for for him in particular? Maybe his football is outside of England, abroad. He's a decent player. He's just not clinical for the Premier League standards. But, you know, in the right team, he could be great. Maybe even played against with Haaland up front. Uh, it might help him a bit. But just play, well, he, playing off him. He reminds me a bit of Werner. He's got that sort of, he's got it in his locker. But hmm. whether it's the team that don't play to his style, perhaps, um, perhaps I can know. see I can see the comparison. They both run around a lot, yeah, and they both help their teams in different ways. Probably Werner's a little bit more informed at the moment, although after this game, a bit in bit of debate about that. But yeah, there's a bit of question marks about both players. Uh, be interesting to see what happens in the summer with with uh, with Jesus. Definitely, it'll be be interesting, and it'd be an interesting summer, especially if Haaland does come to Man City, whether a wake of players make way for that, like Sterling or someone. Possibly, possibly. I do believe with Sterling in, in particular, he plays really well with a, a like an out-and-out striker. I think it was in the 2018 season with, with Aguero. He was had his one of his best seasons. And uh, for England, he plays pretty well with Kane up front. So I think for Sterling in particular, he, he's missing that sort of that focal point up front in the team. So yeah, if, if Haaland does come in, I, I do think he will stay and, and have a real good impact. Definitely, it's uh, exciting going forward. Going further down the Premier League, moving away from this uh, top four battle. Just want to shout out Newcastle. I didn't realise they're actually ninth in the Premier League now. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't didn't realise that as well, actually. I I know the teams, I think Leicester below them got a few games in hand, but still that is incredibly impressive from their their turnaround before before, uh, the January window. They were pretty awful. Um, it just shows the the signings they brought in and the the tactics how's implemented they're really working and um, just wait until summer and see who else they can bring in and see what next yeah. step they can take. But they're, they're not. I mean, they've not that far off. Well, West Ham is currently sitting seventh with fifty two points, so they're only nine points from West Ham, mm. who that look they've dropped a few points in the last couple of games, but they're having a really good season. West Ham. Yeah, well, one thing about West Ham is they have no centre-backs at the moment. Uh, Craig Dawson got a red card, so that means they have no Premier League centre-backs. Well, no uh, no centre-backs available for the Premier League. You know, Ogbonna, um, Diop, uh, all uh, injured. So they'll be in real trouble now uh, for the rest of the season. They'll have to rush somebody back or, or play, I don't know, left-backs, full-backs uh, in the central defensive position. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue it. They've also got Europe to contend with, so I'm not sure how they're going to get on with that issue uh, with central defence. But it'll be interesting to see how they how Moy sort of works out that problem. Um, yeah, I think that I think there was rumours that um, Declan Rice might have to play centre half. Yeah, he's done it before for uh, West Ham. 
So I don't think it'd be too much of an issue for him. But yeah, for any team for that kind of amount of injuries and in that sort of specialized position, it's always going to bring up uh, issues. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they go forward. Just on Newcastle really quickly though, Bruno Grimmerich, what a signing he's been, the the Brazilian sort of, I wouldn't say central defensive midfielder. He's more of a box to box really with the goals he's scoring at the moment, but he's he looks like a really good signing. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I was going to mention him. Yeah, he's a really he's a really good player, and especially if he if they can keep hold of him after this um, summer window, it'll be a very good signing. Actually, he looks yeah. like he's definitely a Premier League player. Yeah, for sure, he was really good at Leon actually, and I don't think pe- maybe people slightly underestimated his abilities, but you know, in the Premier League uh, on this stage, he's he's really excelled. I, I do think they'll keep hold of him as well because, you know, they've got the money now, they've got the ambition. So, yeah, he'll definitely stay. Should we move further down the table and uh, talk about Everton and Burnley? Yeah, the relegation scraps. Let's talk about it. So Burnley got a 1-0 victory over Wolves this weekend, whereas Everton got a 2-0 defeat against Liverpool which moves Everton down into relegation zone by two points, but they have got a game in hand on Burnley. Mm. So it's going to be, it's going to be tight, especially if Everton lose. I don't know who their game in hand is, but yeah, if they lose this yeah, lose yeah. That game, it could be a difficult one. Well, Burnley are quite informed at the moment. They've got a win and two draws and they lost a couple of games. Their interim manager, Jackson, is doing pretty well for them. I don't know if it's just sort of, you know, when you get a new manager in, it sort of uh, lifts the team a bit. But it seems to be paying off in that way. Still a bit of shame about Dice being sacked. But, you know, in terms of Bernie's survival, maybe it was um, the best thing they could have done. Um, in terms of form, Burnley, yeah, definitely better than Everton. Although, you know, against Liverpool, there's no, not much chance for Everton. They did ha- hold on uh, hold on for quite a while uh, until Robinson scored. I didn't think Liverpool were that great for the first bit, first half. Everton definitely should have got Richarlison sent off from a, quite a dodgy challenge on Henderson, sort of studs up, kicked him. Um, and then Decore ran over and pushed Henderson over, even though Decore was on a yellow. So I, I think the the ref had a bit of a mare during that match, but it is what it is. And the next few games coming up will be absolutely pivotal for, for both teams' survival. Burnley in particular, though, what a win against uh, Wolves. Um, massive for them. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good win, actually. And I do think, I think it's that Ben Mee is part of management as well now at Burnley for the rest of the season or something. I yeah, the captain. Yeah, he's. I think he's injured now. So that's probably why he's got that role, have some influence over the club. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, uh, in terms of the Everton game, uh, Origi scored. It's his favourite team to play against Everton. You know, his last Anfield goal was in 2019 against Everton. It seems to be the only team he scores against. But he's off at the end of the season. I, I think it's rumoured to be AC Milan. So, yeah, good luck to him at the end of the season. He's sort of a cult, cult figure at Liverpool at Anfield nowadays, uh, especially for that Champions League run that they had where they won it. Yeah, yeah, against Barcelona, wasn't it, that goal? Yeah, from the um, corner. He's, uh, AC Milan seem to be linked with uh, quite a few players because they were linked with Lukaku as well in the week. But I think that rumour's now been sort of squashed yeah squashed but um yeah Yeah. they seem to be linked to quite a few strikers yeah i can't see them ever going for lukaku the amount he's on um you know and how much he's pledged his love to bloody uh inter milan yeah but yeah i don't know at the moment where he's going to go what's going to happen with him that'll be an interesting uh, aspect of the window i imagine he'll stay probably i don't think chelsea will load him out because that'll look like a massive failure for the for the club 
in quite a few aspects, you know, the money they spent on him, the money they're paying him each week and the, the impact that he was supposed to have on the team. But it'd be something that we'd be looking at in the summer. There'll be a lot of reports going around. They've been going to, you know, X club. But yeah, they are going around already because um, Inter are looking at a loan, aren't they? To loan him back. and mm. It's the wages, which would be the main issue because Italian clubs barely pay over 100, 100k, really. And uh, Lukaku's on like double that at least. I think that's going back to the Haaland deal. Um, it is the, it's the money. But I think he sees it... I've seen that he sees it as like a stepping stone to go to like Real Madrid because they can't afford his wages at the moment. Well, I don't know. Like, yeah, it is in a way, but Man City is probably one of the best teams. Well, it's one of the best teams in Europe. It is. You have to be a really elite player to realise or to think that Man City is a stepping stone. I know that Real Madrid are going to get uh, Mbappe in the summer. Well, that's re- highly reported. Um, yeah. And we think that he's going to turn down his contract. Um Although it is rumoured that his contract is going to be like 50 million a season for two seasons and plus a hundred million pounds signing on bonus for Mbappe if he decides to stay in Paris. So I can't imagine that kind of money at his age, but obviously his dreams be to be a Real Madrid player. I think that would be, I think that's what's going to happen in the summer. Yeah. And also um, Real Madrid have got to be careful because they've got Benzema. Benzema is in really good form at the moment, probably the best season he's having. His yeah. career, so whether they keep with him or whether they think he, they need someone to replace him. Yeah, well, well, for the yeah. French team, uh, Mbappe does play really well with uh, with Benzema, so I don't think it'd be too much of a squeeze to get them into the same team. Um, but obviously, if they bring in Harland as well, it'll be a bit of a uh, maybe, maybe a bit too stacked up front. Should we uh, move a bit further down English pyramid and go to the Championship? Yeah, let's do it. So. Fulham this week have got promoted. They got a 3-0 victory. Yeah, they played Bournemouth quite recently as well and they, they drew that. But prior to that, they, they won a 3-0, I believe. Yeah, it's a great season for Fulham. Uh, under Marcus Silva, they're playing really attractive football. Now they no longer have Parker, Scott Parker at the helm. Mitrovic, of course, smashing it, uh, smashing in the goals for, for Fulham. It's just a question is where we'll be able to transfer that into the Premier League. He has scored goals in the Premier League before, but not not to the same level as a championship, which is what you expect, the, the difference in quality. But it'll be a real, you know, he's the real focal point of the team. So they need him firing all engines. But in terms of them going up into the Premier League, they'll have to strengthen a lot in defence and and probably midfield and, and maybe in goal as well. Yeah, uh, Mitrovic's got 41 goals this season so far. The next highest is Dominic Solanke on 27. Mm. But yeah, just, yeah, Fulham, Fulham an odd one because they always seem to, they always seem to trade places with Norwich. So yeah. Norwich always seem to come down and Fulham go up and then vice versa. But yeah, if, I think the last couple of seasons, Fulham have gone up, bought a whole new midfield that haven't played together. Yeah. And then they've come back down. And I think this season, one of their areas that they should, they got a really good midfield and they played well really all season. So where where they need to bring a couple of players to back that up, but they don't want to completely bring in a whole new midfield that's never played together, especially. It's really difficult though, because when you drop to the championship, obviously you can't pay the wages for the Premier League players, so you've got to get rid of them, and then you've got to sign established or or, or use your you know current established championship level players, and then when you go back up, you obviously you want to strengthen again. You've got to, so it's sort of a you know a cyclical transfer cycle of you know up and downwards action. It's hard to break that. Uh, there's a good player for them called uh, Fabio Carvalho, though. Um, 
sort of Portuguese English um, player, uh, 19 years old, nine goals, seven assists for Fulham. And he's off to, well, highly reported, he's off to Liverpool uh, on a free at the end of the year. So maybe they'll loan him back to, to Fulham when they're in the Premier League. That'll be interesting to watch. Also, uh, Neko Williams on loan from Liverpool has done really well for Fulham this year. Uh, right back, he's been um, like a marauding right back. He's done really well for them, the Welsh lad. There's only a couple more games left in the um, championship as well. So yeah. I mean, It looks like so Bournemouth are going to get second. Yeah, no, two points, I think. Did yeah, you know, two points. Uh, Bournemouth and Fulham spent one third of the total championship spending between them. Oh, wow. So it is sort of highly likely that they'll go up after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, Sorry, go, go ahead, mate. No, I was just going to say um, Derby and Barnsley both been relegated mm. to League One. Redden look to survive just yeah yeah well you know obviously Derby had a lot of points deductions through you know all the transfer woes they've had of the the, the financial woes rather the dodgy manager mani- not manager ownership rather so it's a bit sad for them uh, Barnsley the year prior got into the playoffs so it's slightly a bit of a shock although they lost Dowd like the American striker who's now at West Brom it's hard to get out of league on it's one of the hardest leagues uh, if you get dropped down, you've seen Sunderland over the last few years struggle to get out of it. Portsmouth, there's a few clubs sort of in that position. But yeah, I, I've heard reports that uh, Fulham, going back to Fulham, sorry, uh, are after Manor Sol- Solomon of uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Obviously, you can't okay. really play in Ukraine at the moment, so he's going to get they're going to get him for like a cut price deal, I think around nine million pounds. But he was quite uh, heavily praised by by Guardiola quite a few years ago, the Israeli winger. So if they sign him, it would be interesting, interesting signing for the club. Yeah, yeah, it's um, Fulham. Exciting to see them back in the Premier League. Obviously, a local club to Chelsea, so um, good rivalry. Do loan them a couple of players. It sort of seems to be them, but yeah, be looking forward. Obviously, your club Swansea are completely middle of the Championship. Yeah, not doing great. At least they're above Cardiff. So that's one thing. They're, yeah, they've just been selling all their assets for the last couple of years because of the terrible ownership model that they have, the Americans. Um, hopefully one day they'll return to the, the Premier League because when they were in the Premier League, they were a fantastic team. Under Loudrop, nice attacking. Mitru, Boney, loved watching them. I, th- I think my pick for the um, hoping one of the teams come up is Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I have a... A soft spot for uh, Steve Cooper. He was of, formerly of Swansea, actually, um, and under England under twenty, no, England under seventeens, I believe, when they won the the World Cup a few years ago. He's a really good manager and on, on his way up. So it'd be great to see Forrest back in the Premier League, historic club, won the Champions League before. So it'd be great to see them on the on the top stage. Should we move to? The La Liga and the Copa del Rey. Yes. So it was a Saturday night, I believe. Uh, great game. Uh, not a high scoring game, but a great game in terms of sort of the, the sort of the equally matched teams, I'd say. Uh, Batiste versus Valencia. It was actually in uh, Seville, the, the game. So not too far for Batiste to travel. It's in their home city. So they had obviously the allocation for the tickets were you know meant to be 50 50 but in this case it was probably like 70 30 in, in towards Batiste. it was a good game it went to penalties in the end 5-4 last time well Batiste actually won the the cup before and Valencia have won it before both times a player called Joaquin has won it for them uh, and Joaquin was playing in this game for Betis 
Um, and last time Betis won it, 2005, the year was. And uh, there was a five-year-old kid called Juan Miranda who traveled to Madrid to watch the final in which he saw 23-year-old Joaquin <clears throat> win. Now 22-year-old Miranda on Saturday scored the winning penalty so that Joaquin, who's now 40, could lift the trophy, the captain of the club. So it's a great story that Joaquin is yeah. probably one of the most underrated sort of club icons in Spanish football. Uh, he's spent 12 years in total in between two stints at Batiste. They absolutely love him there. He's retiring now at age 40, going into punditry. <clears throat> he's one of the, he was one of the three, no, two other remaining players from the 2002 World Cup, include Ibra and Buffon. Buffon actually played in the 98 World Cup, so he was the last one remaining from that as well. But now Joaquin's retired, it's just Ibra and Buffon left from the 2002 World Cup. Yeah, great game. One all in the end, as I said. Pellegrini uh, is the the manager of uh, Betis. You remember him from West Ham and Man City fame. There's a, quite an interesting stat about uh, Pellegrini. Uh, whenever he wears his tracksuit, his Betis tracksuit, he wins 63% of the games. And when he wears a suit, it's only 39%. And do you know what he's wearing for that game? His lucky tracksuit, his Kappa oh. tracksuit. So I don't know if that was a difference. Maybe it was a little bit. Um, but yeah, got him over the edge, over the line. Both goalkeepers played pretty well. Uh, Bravo, uh, Mahmoud de Chivili, 22-year-old Georgian for, for Valencia. Um, obviously, Bravo played for, for Man City in Barcelona, so he's got quite a good pedigree. Um, both keepers made quite good saves. Yeah, great game in general. Emotional end for Batiste. All the, all the players were crying. Um, Joaquin was crying. Even the Valencia players were crying, but not happy. Tears, just sad tears. Um, yeah. No, it looks like they're actually having a good season in the Liga as well because they're sitting fifth currently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like they're going to have a very good end to their season and probably end up with European football as well. They've already got it now. They've won the cup. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. They go straight into Europe. Straight into. Is that the Europa League? Yeah, Europa League. I don't think Valencia are doing well though in the. Um... No, they're 10th. In La Liga, yeah, they're doing pretty poor. And I, I can't remember their manager's name, but he's quite, um, how do I put it, industrial in the way he plays. It's not really um, a pragmatic, I'd say. He's not really attractive football. And he's not really liked by a lot of uh, fans of clubs he's managed. And of course, they've got Victor Lim as their owner, who's always the infamous owner of Cardiff, who changed the, the badge and the, the club's colours. And, uh, you know, he's half involved with Salford. So he's a little bit of a dodgy bloke, but... In a way, justice prevailed and Betis won that one. But it was a great game if for a neutral. Quite deadlock game. You know, not high scoring, but it's not all about goals. It's about the battle, about the, you know, the belief of the players, how much it means to them. Well, it's been 17 years or so since the last win. So it's been a while for the players. Uh, for yeah. Betis. So happy days for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations to them. Yeah, Real Madrid seem to be running away with the La Liga. Barcelona are currently losing in their game against um, Real. Go on, mate. Go on. Real Vallecano. Yeah, you nailed it. Real Vallecano. Yeah, very so, Vallecano is a very small team from the outskirts of of Madrid. I think they're they're in like a suburb of like thirty thousand, so it's a very small region. Um, they've famously got Bebe on their team, the United sort of legend in quotation marks. Um, so yeah, if they win, that would be a big result. Although Barcelona did lose a couple of 
I think a week or so ago against Cadiz, who are another very small team. So it's not impossible. We've seen it before. No, no, you've got you've got to think Real Madrid have got to they've got a good like point difference. So you've got to think they've got to win it within the next couple of games, especially in the form they've been. But they've still got to focus on the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that the leagues are given for for Real Madrid at this stage. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll be able to catch up. No, no, definitely not. But should we we move to Liga Un? Let's do it. So PSG got a one-all draw over RC Lens. I think I pronounced it. Yeah, yeah, Lens and French, Um, but Lens. And Messi scoring a fantastic goal. But this claims PSG their tenth title of Ligue 1. A fantastic um, strike by Messi. It was um, I don't know how many yards, 35, 40 yards. Left foot, absolutely funded it. Messi evolved, I'd say. Uh, he hasn't been prolific this year. He's got a decent amount of assists, but not not goals. So it's good to see him scoring those crackers again. Uh, Lons actually are quite. A, team on the up for the last few years they, they got promoted a few years ago and their signings have been sort of not bargain bucket but they've invested in youth and younger players and brought them through and they've done really well they, they finished I think seventh place or so last year so it's a yeah, good, good for them they are at the moment seventh yeah yeah and it was a good game uh and PSG won the title funny thing though is the ultras of PSG left the stadium 10 minutes before the end um, and then at the end of the, the game, there's pretty much no um, fans left. Uh, they didn't do a victory parade. Uh, the Paris players, uh, I know Verratti was saying, why why did people leave, basically? You know, we still won the league. Obviously, they're upset we didn't go through in the Champions League, but it is what it is. But for a, a team like PSG, the, the aim is not Liga with the money they spend. It's, it's the Champions League, and they haven't been able to do that. So... Yeah, not good for them. No, no, it's not. And I mean, PSG, it's sort of a given that they're going to win the league every year. So you, you'd you expect them to at least go further. You can understand why the fans are upset, but they're still winning trophies in that. But I mean, even though they've won the league, uh, Pochettino's job isn't even safe. No. So whether he should uh, keep it after winning the league is it's set to be seen, but... I think I think that there's been a lot of reports that he, they're going to like sever his contract and he's going to go. You know, if it's untenable with the fans, uh, they're, they're, the PSG fans are incredibly vocal, a bit like Madrid's. So if that becomes untenable, then obviously I don't think he'd be able to stay. It'll be a lot of money to get rid of him though, because he's still got quite a while on his contract. It'd be interesting to see where he goes and who they bring in to replace him. we move to Bundesliga? Yeah, absolutely. So in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich have won their 10th straight title, which is a massive, massive um, feat. They've got a 3-1 victory over Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, over their bitter rivals, Borussia Dortmund, who, you know, although they're in second place, they're, they're a million miles away from Bayern Munich in, in the league, at 12 points in total. It's, uh, it's a, a good achievement for Bayern Munich as uh, 10 in a row there's only been I think 12 teams in total in world football have achieved this and two of them have been from Tuvalu so that just shows that Müller also becomes the first player in history to win 11 Bundesliga titles 
So it was a bit of an iconic moment for him. And the way to do it at home against against Borussia Dortmund, as I said, they're bitter rivals. It's probably quite a, a happy way for them to do it. Um, I know Dortmund have got a million injuries at the moment. They've just got Haaland back, um, who was unable to, to really make much of an impact and got, got hooked early. So, yeah, not looking great for Dortmund. Bit unlikely with injuries, as I said, but yeah, the mile, the miles off the, the pace. Yeah, so Thomas Muller has obviously got these eleven titles, but a player that's maybe a bit overlooked is um, Kingsley Coleman. He's I saw a stat; he's won like eight trophies since he's become a professional player. And every season since he signed his professional contract, he's won the league. He's won eleven to- in total, actually. Was it seven 11? in Germany, one in Italy? two in France. He has the same amount of titles, league titles as Lionel Messi and he's 25 years old. So I don't know what that tells you if he's just really good at signing for good teams, probably. Um, or if he's a great yeah. player, but <laughs> probably the former. Um, yeah. Uh, although when he was in Italy, he only played, no, when he was in uh, France, sorry, he only played like one game. Um, but the rules are different there. So you still won the, the accolade of getting the title. Yeah. Crazy player. If there's any career that I could pick, it would probably be his. Yeah, I, I suppose he's gone to no. He's gone to like PSG, where they will. Where you're almost definite they will win the league. He's gone to Bayern Munich, where again you think they're going to win the league. And Juventus in the last couple of seasons when he was there, you would expect them to win the league. So whether he, if he was to come, maybe go to like an uh, English club, like mm. no, like Man United or something. He can't, can't expect to win the league. No, that would ruin but... the run. He'd have to go to, to to Norwich next year and then he could win the championship yeah. and continue it. But yeah, I think he signed a new contract um, maybe a year or so. So his, his future is definitely still in, in Munich. Five minutes. Yeah, um, Munich. So he'll continue that run. Maybe he can surpass, I think it's Giggs who's got the record. It's, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think Giggs might have about 14 or so. Yeah. The, I suppose the only dent in their season is probably crashing out of the Champions League quite early, earlier than they expected. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's sort of a similar, similar situation to PSG in that sense. Um, and the way that Bayern went out against Villarreal of all teams was not great for them. Um, the it's, it's hard when you're sort of at the, the top of your uh, domestic league but you cannot break that sort of, I know Bayern have won the, the Champions League before, but, you know, consistently get to the final or the semi-final is, is difficult. And it's it's hard to sort of bring in that sort of, that caliber of player that, you know, has that drive to 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 do well in all those competitions. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they sign, if they sign anybody in particular. I know uh, Sula, uh, the centre-half for Bayern Munich, is, is actually going to Borussia Dortmund. So a bit of a send-off for him to, to win 3-1 and win the title and then go to the, that team. Dortmund as well, they'll have to sign a replacement for Haaland, um, which will be a big ask in the summer. Um, I'm not sure who they've even been linked with, actually. Um, but it's, it's pretty much confirmed that Haaland's rejected the contract talks with, with Dortmund. So, I mean, they got him for good money and they're going to make a profit on him. Um, quite a big profit and he scored loads of goals for them so it's it's been a very successful period um, for him in Germany yeah I think I think a player they want to keep hold of is Jude Burnham even though he's he's rumored to be linked back to move to England but I think he will stay at least another season yeah I think for his development it's good for him to stay because he's playing day in day out he's playing the Champions League football um, and for somebody that I 
once sort of in and then around the England team, it's it's the best place for him to be. Should we round off our European tour and finish in Italy with the Serie A? Yeah, absolutely. So Inter Milan beat Roma to go top of Serie A yesterday with 3-1 victory over Roma. Yeah, that game was quite interesting. The the Inter fans uh, were clapping and applauding Mourinho, who uh, he had a little smile on his face. Obviously, he won the, the treble with Inter uh, back in 2010 or so. Uh, so that was a nice touch from the fans. Definitely. In, Inter Milan and AC Milan, um, one point differs from them. It's a similar situation to here in England with Liverpool and Man City. I think they got a game in hand there, Inter, haven't they? No, both. Uh, so Inter Milan played 33, 72 points. AC Milan have played 33, 71. Napoli have got the game in hat. Have played one more. It was thirty-four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, AC Milan are playing right now against Lazio and losing one 0 So that could be a, a real That'd dis- be a fair. yeah, a real difference maker. Chiro Mobley has scored for for Lazio. You, I mean, we mentioned Juventus were likely to win trophies, but yeah, they're currently sitting fourth. In well, the they, they haven't so. won. They didn't win it last year. Um, they haven't won it. They haven't been convincing no. in a in a while. They they'll have to do a bit of a. Bit of a, I don't know, a bit of spending in the in the window. They've got a few players to sort out. Obviously, they've lost Ramsey. Uh, they brought in Vlaovic, who seems to be quite a good good signing. But they they need you know a lot of depth, um, particularly at fullback. They need centre backs. Benucci's still going. He's still a good player, but he's thirty four now. Um, I have no idea how Keelini's still still there. I think he might be going soon. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, in general, they just need to upgrade the squad, get rid of Dybala because he's pretty average, I'd say. Morata's average. Although, uh, yeah, it's not great. No, no, definitely. It's not It's not great for them. But, I mean, Inter Milan and Ace Milan and Napoli are all probably loving it. So Yeah, absolutely. It's great for them. It's always, always benefits. It, it looks like it's actually a bit more closer this season rather than one team running away with it. So it's always good to have a bit more competition. Yeah, last year was pretty much into Milan, so bossing it, although Milan were doing quite well. This year, sort of same situation, but, you know, obviously it's a bit closer. Um, the game against Lazio today will be a massive impact on on the title race. Interesting to watch. Um, into Milan, not really famous for spending big money, um, more sort of selling, um, particularly Lukaku recently. But they've got, they've got money in the bank. They're doing well. Yeah, interesting to see how they get on see what their ambitions are for, for Champions League next year as well. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be, well, I suppose if they get Champions League, but it looks like they probably will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, as we've done our roundup, should we move to the Pitch Cider Insights? Yes. So, I think we should just say what we think is going to come up on the podcast in the future. Um. What I would like to do, what we want to do is sort of broaden the um, analysis to more worldwide football. Um, So I think each week I'm going to highlight a particular league, even maybe a club, to be honest, and sort of just sort of tell you about them, uh, what's happening all around the world, South America, Africa, wherever it may be. Yeah, Asia, all the continents, apart from Antarctica. Um, uh, and sort of, yeah, highlight what's happening there 
uh, who's at the top, who's at the bottom, what's good, players that might be, you know, up and coming, um, any old legends who are still kicking it about in like sixth division or whatever. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, if anybody's got any listeners who've got like a particular team or, or a league they want covered, let us know and we'll have a look into it. Definitely. I do I do once want to mention one thing. So I did mention a couple of weeks ago that I was writing an article for the Pitch Cider about Chelsea and Roman Bramovich. Hopefully that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks because I have been working on that about halfway through at the moment. Uh, but should be able to dedicate more time to it this week. So keep an eye out for that. I'm excited for that, mate. I'm excited. You can find that you can find it on the pitchsider.com when it's out. So should we move to the quiz? So this week I'm just doing five questions for Toby based on the Premier League. Um in the next couple of weeks we will still have guests on this on this podcast um and it will still carry on so it will be the podcast versus the guest, guest but we we'll may have a different <laughs> yeah we will have a different name or whether end up in some sort of competition we'll soon find out are you ready i sure toby yes i am so question one which club holds the record for the longest run of matches without receiving a red card in the premier league i actually know this uh, well, I think I know this. Is it Burnley? Yes. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you knew that because that is your club. <laughs> well, <laughs> ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, question two. Which club has gone the longest at the start of a season without winning a game? I want to say Derby, the infamous Derby side who got barely any points. I'm going to tell you that is, in, that is not right. So I'll give you another guess okay. because the run is 17 games. Is it Sheffield? Yes, it's Sheffield. Yeah, a couple Which of years one, ago. Which one? Which year? Which oh, one? United, United, Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was under Wilder in the second season and then he got, got, got the axe, I believe. It was when they bought Ream Brewster for 20, 20 odd million, 25 million. He's yes. been probably the worst signing in history. <laughs> yeah, question, question three. Which is the only club to have conceded a hundred goals in a season? Hundred goals in a season. It's going to be one of a few. Is it? Is it the Derby team that did pretty poor? If it's no, not, no, it's okay. not Derby. I want to say even Norwich or Fulham. Then again, you're being correct. Oh crikey! Can I get the year? Would that help? I don't know what year it was. Um, they are a town. If that helps. Huddersfield? No. Ipswich? No. Swindon? Swindon Town, yes. Got there. There's not many towns. <laughs> no, I, towns I, think, I think there's been three in Premier League's history. I've named them all. Um, so the next two are still Premier League, but they... Who am I? So you've got to give me the name of the player. Okay. So question four. Just shout out when you know. Mm-hmm. I originally played Gaelic football. It's Irish. I cost Everton 60k in January oh, 29. Seamus Coleman. Yes. Yes, that is correct. That's a bit of a giveaway. 60k. There's not many players you can get for 60k. No. Great player. No. Yeah, definitely great player. And the final question I began my career at Leeds Academy. 
I hold the record for the most England under-21 caps, 46. The only major club honour I haven't won is the Europa League. Oh, I'm going to be kicking myself. But I was runner-up with Liverpool in 2015 and 16. Oh, Milner? Yes. The the last bit gave it away. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew in the back of my mind the, the top uh, appearance maker for the under-21s, but I couldn't remember it. You know, this is the first time I got full marks in a quiz. A bit yes. of a shame there's no guest <laughs> competing against me. <laughs> I've won that yeah. one. That was a good quiz, though. Yeah, hopefully next week we should have a uh, guest. And um, in uh, within the next week, all our social medias will be updated to reflect the rebrand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, check so, out the, the website and follow us on all the socials. Yeah, yeah, so... Please like and subscribe. And our socials are the Twitter. Twitter is at the Pitchsider. The Instagram and Facebook will be at the Pitchsider podcast or by email at the Pitchsider at hotmail.com, which the email address can be found on our website. And with any comments or questions you have for us, and we will feature them in the next episode. Thank you for being with us, Toby. Thank you. And uh, thank you to the listener for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.